I have too much stuff with me. So, I'm going to put that there. I'm going to put that there. There's no jinglies in my pocket. We'll be good. All right. Now you know what kind of goes through my mind every time I step up here. I got I left my keys down on the pew. Nobody steal my car, please. And uh, there. And if you, if you went after my truck, you'd probably bring it back. Anyway, or you might not get anywhere. Well, um, anyway, that's, uh, that's that. So we have a new verse. If you have not seen it uh, in the bulletin, um, I forgot to bring it up with the kids earlier, but it's John 16, 24. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. You can use that uh, for your uh, memory verse there. And if you want to put it on the screensaver on your phone like I have, I can send you something to do that with that Jamie and Allison came up with. And we've just got all kinds of ways we can learn God's Word together. And that's one of the things we're going to do today. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at what it means to hear the voice of the Lord today. And many people, as we've looked at God's Word, see, you know, we define the Bible as the Word of the Lord. And I'd say, and I'd say over and over and over, we need to be in it. We need to be reading it. Um, whether or not you re- decide to read through the whole thing in a year or whether you just do it methodically and get through it when you get through it. I believe that every person needs to read through the entirety of the Scriptures. And uh, that is a, a foundational uh, belief that I have, a value I hold as a minister of the gospel, and I believe it is something that will transform and change our lives. Now, in that, we see the God, word that God has spoken here in the Bible, but we also need to realize that He is still speaking. Now, that does not mean that anything would change about the word of the Lord. One of the the convictions I hold, and I believe that we all should hold, is that if we believe that we hear the word of the Lord today, we need to make sure it lines up with the word of the Lord as we hold it in the scriptures. But there are ways that God is at work today, and if you believe in the power of prayer, that we would see God at work in us, and that he is still speaking. I've been working through the text, The Pursuit of God, which I actually brought a physical copy of today. It's a, you can see it's not very thick at all. You're like, you're in week six on this. You're correct. Um, it's a it's a excellent little thought process of getting through um, the word of the Lord and the pursuit of God in that. The chapter six is called the speaking voice, and the foundation of uh, that uh, is the wisdom of the Lord, which is where we are going to begin today. We're going to look at the book of Proverbs. I haven't spent a lot of time preaching out of the book of Proverbs, but as I was sharing with the kids earlier, if you want uh, just practical wisdom, advice is, a, I think, not the word we want to use, but some people might, practical guidance for your life and the ways you should live, Proverbs is a good place to be. And a lot of people, and I've had a, uh, I even had a professor in seminary that said, you know, it, convictionally, if you're looking through the whole entirety, reading through the scriptures repeated over and over and over, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. Well, about half the months of the year, I'm not going to go through my mind because it's going to hurt my head figuring out which ones it is. I know January is one of them, though, and December was one of them have 31 days. You could read through a chapter a day. If you've never read through the book of Proverbs, February would not fit that. But maybe in March. Well, no, I think you should read through the Word of God whenever. Um, 
anyway, the, the conviction of reading the Scriptures, there's ways to work through the Scriptures methodologically. Method- Thank you. Methodically. Welcome to my brain this morning. I'm all over the place. Okay, let's go to Pro- though Proverbs chapter 8 because we find here that, that Solomon shares with us the value of wisdom and the purpose with which the Scriptures will serve here. So, let's stand as we look at three verses. We'll be in verse 1 of chapter 8, and then we'll read verses 10 through 11. And does wisdom call? Because the phone rang. All right, sorry, that's terrible. All right. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? Let's turn it next uh, down to verse 10. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is, met, is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Lord, thank you for your word, and I pray that we would live out your word and your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's kind of funny that the phone rang right when I was about to say, when does wisdom call? All right, anyway. Um, Yes, but I don't think that was her. All right. Okay, thank you. Like three people laughed. That makes me feel better. Okay. Um, All right, so what is wisdom? Wisdom can be expressed as gained experience that you would share it could be thinking through things before you actually do them. Like I shared with the kids earlier, we're not going to go up on a high ledge and just jump off to see what happens. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because if you have any measure of tele- intelligence whatsoever, any measure of experience or seeing things that people endure, you can say that would not be a good idea. You know, maybe the fastest, but it's not the best. And so wisdom is different than than simple knowledge. I can know a lot of things. I've gone to school a long time. I've got a high school diploma, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and I went to community college after all that. I went to school a long time. And there are a lot of things that I learned along the way that I don't necessarily have the wisdom to use as mo- the, the, to the best effect it could be. I went through a lot of classes. I mean, there are a lot of things, and I remember thinking about uh, hearing this when I was in my teaching career. I'd have people say to me, that person has forgotten more than I'll ever learn. And that may be true. You know, I, I remember working with one of my mentor teachers, and she was talking about a choir director that had been at it for 50 years or so and was, could just make a choir melt, you know, and then that sound just sound glorious. I never got there. Didn't have that. I got some knowledge, and I got some wisdom and, and on how to do different kinds of things. But with, with knowledge, in order for it to be characterized as wisdom, there needs to be some measure of experience there. And we can look at those in our lives who would have maybe a different color hair than you do at this moment, or you might have a different color hair than you used to have. I mean, I can fall into that. I can see 10 years ago, I look at a picture of me 10 years ago, this beard was very red. 
It's not as much anymore. As a matter of fact, it's getting harder and harder to track it down in there. And you can see that with age comes wisdom. You experience certain things. You go through certain things. But I guarantee you, every single one of us, no matter our hair color or the amount of hair on our heads or, or how many years or how many birthdays we've experienced, however, whatever we've been through, there's always someone else that knows more about something than you do. I remember a couple of years ago when we were going into the pandemic, and of course two years ago right now, who had ever heard the words COVID, the, you know, this created term that, to describe a, an illness. But as we went into, uh, when we were, uh, you know, did the lockdown and, and we were online for church for a while, there were so many of the um, more seasoned saints it may be who would who are so thankful for the younger folks who knew how to deal with computers. I would say that the younger folks there hold the wisdom in that moment and, and being able to coach those things. But that doesn't mean that we don't all gain experience with those things because I remember a person in this room describing Zoom as a noise little boys would make with their cars. Right? And I guarantee you right now, if I say the word Zoom, that's not what you're thinking of. Our experiences change things. Our experiences throughout life help uh, to, to draw our approach to the next step. I can't keep my glasses up today. I guess I could be termed as wisdom. Let me, let me readjust my microphone here and try again. Maybe it'll hold my glasses up for me. There we go. So when we come to this place we need to realize that wisdom is something that can be acquired. But the greatest wisdom we need is not something where we learn how to do a certain skill here on earth. It's our relationship with God and how we relate to one another. And so when we look at the wisdom and the Proverbs, as Solomon wrote the vast majority of them, if not all of them, I mean, we have some towards the end that he does not attribute it to, we see that there's all kinds of nuggets that we can pull out individually. We can take each one of them, and I could probably preach as many sermons as there are verses in the book of, in the book of uh, Proverbs. Do you want to think that I take a long time to get through a Bible book? Let's do that. Because if it was 31 chapters, that'd be 31 weeks. If we have 20, 36 verses in each chapter... It's going to take a while. I think that shows us how desperately we need wisdom. And the wisdom that we can endure, the wisdom that we can learn for ourselves, we usually learn it, as it would be termed, the hard way. Right? One of the things you see on those big banners on the highway is don't text and drive. Right? Why do they put that up there? They are offering us wisdom. Right? Even the road banners can offer some wisdom. <clears throat> Don't hit the brakes hard on snowpack. You end up going all kinds of cool directions with your car. Right? You can learn all these different things. Don't drive 65 and a 25. Why? Because the road is not designed for that. 
curves a lot faster than you think it will. People will walk out on that 25-mile-an-hour road instead of the 65-mile-an-hour road, and bam, somebody dies. And see, that's the concern that we run into with life experience is that the reason we have these sayings along the way, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, is that actually true? Is eating healthy good for you? Yes. Does it improve your existence? Generally. I think that's the point. But we learn those things by experience. Now, the question is, do we have the humility to submit ourselves to the wisdom of the Scriptures and to the wisdom of His church? In listening to messages on wisdom this week, I, I heard Alistair Begg say this, wisdom is living God's way in God's world. Wisdom is living God's way in God's world world. If you want to see foolishness, just let humanity run its course. Because friends, we do some dumb things. Just because we are. Just because we exist. But if we seek out the word of the Lord, then chances are that that situation may work out a little bit better than it did before. Does that mean that everything's going to be perfect here on earth? Absolutely not. When we run into problems, we need to realize that this world is racked with sin. We are broken. The wage of sin is death. That's the reason we die. We don't die because of a virus or an illness. We die because we're sinners. We need a Savior. And we learn that from the Word of the Lord. So the word of the Lord has spoken, has been spoken, and we have it in the Bible. But in order to live that out, we need to apply that life, that wisdom in our lives. And that, friends, is the word speaking to us today. The, the, the word speaking is his wisdom. Tozer says, the Bible will never be a living book to us until we are convinced that God is articulate in His universe. The Bible will never be a living book to us until we are convinced that God is articulate in His universe. In other words, we won't believe what the Bible says until we realize that God created it all. And a lot of people don't want to believe that the Bible is true. Why? Because we learn the, some very hard things about ourselves. Some very difficult and troubling things about our existence. That we are wicked beyond all measure in ourselves. That we are sinners in need of a Savior. Wisdom is greater than knowledge. Knowledge can be attained. Like I said, I went to school a long time. 25 years or so. I've lost track. I remember when I got my bachelor's degree and my degree was in music education, I had enough for a master's degree as far as the hours went. But I was one of those smart kids that got two bachelor's degrees at once, even though they just called it one. I went to school a long time. And by the time I finished seminary, I had enough for a doctorate in a real world, in the real world. But I 
got the music education degree, and then I did the seminary thing, which was another 100 hours, 271 hours. Yeah, it's a lot, and I was there a long time. It doesn't make me any wiser than any of you, though, except that I need to learn to use what I learned. And many of us have sat in church, and I would even I put myself on the list here, and we hear the same things over and over and over and over and over. Yet we do the same other things over and over and over and over. Is that wise? Or are we applying the word of truth in our lives? What does the Bible say about wisdom? It says his instruction. That's the, that's, remember about Solomon, what was his request? Why did God give him the riches of the world? Because he asked for wisdom. Now, by the end of his life, he did some really foolish things. But along the way, before he stumbled into all these things, it says, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Some of the most special people I have ever known. Well, hello, Miss Candy. She's coming up to talk to me. Um, you can come talk. Come on. Oh, well. She's like, oh, no, now he spotted me. I'm not coming up there. So there she goes. All right. Um, that was entertaining. All right. Uh, when we see, now I'm totally off track. Tansy, this is because of you. Okay. Um, for those of you online and don't know Tansy, Tansy's about this tall. All right. So anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, some of the wisest people I've known have been the simplest people I've known. What do I mean by that? I mean, they don't have a big house, or they may not have a fancy car. They may not have a car at all, but they live their lives as best they can in this Word. And they bring so many blessings to the kingdom through that. So many things you can learn. But we must come to it with humility. Let's go to James chapter 1 in the New Testament. <clears throat> James 1 has lots of interesting verses in it. And one of the most interesting things about James 1 is that all of those verses come together. So you can pull them out individually. Every good, every gift, good gift is from above, right? And the giver of all good things paraphrase. Is that true? Yes. But it falls in the context of all here. And here's the thing is that in, in the scriptures, we see these, these humans who God worked through to write the word of the Lord going through trials and struggles. Verse 2, James chapter 1 says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So your trials are the very source of what you need. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without a reproach, 
and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. See, we like verse 5. That's the one you see engraved on the little stone coasters or paperweights that you put on your desk, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. That's a beautiful verse, but it's in the middle of all of these other things. You're in a trial, and these trials produce patience. But what does patience do? It makes us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Then we get to the point where we ask for wisdom. But we, who do we ask for it? Who has it? God. Why do we look at the Bible? It's God's Word. It will be given to Him. But we ask in faith. We need to realize that asking God, we need to trust that He has the answers. We, we a lot of times are practical atheists when it comes down to this. We ask, but we don't really expect an answer. We think of God as this distance being that doesn't really understand everything I'm going through. But we, we neglect Jesus in that, the author and perfecter of our faith. And we're going to come back to some of that here in a moment. But we look and we see that God at work in us changes us, helps us to learn His Grace helps us to walk in faith without doubting, for the ones who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Think of the picture like that. <clears throat> Think of the picture of the waves of the sea. When you go and you get in, and I've never been on the ocean. I've flown over the ocean, which is my preferable way to travel. I'm not really a fan of moving constantly. And anyway, um, so... When we see the, the, the waves, though, and you see a storm come through, and you see a, a, a ship in that storm, it doesn't matter how big the ship is. They're still going to have to deal with the problems in the storm. And you can capsize a battleship pretty quickly. Now, if you look underneath it, they try to deal with it, you see how they try to make it go faster through the water and things like that. You know, you, you look at some of those things and how they build ships. It's amazing. But the fact is, is that we are all like that boat in the storm. We're going through trials. We're going through struggles. We're facing, facing different kinds of things. Our, our rudder that keeps us pointed the right direction is the word of the Lord. And when we ask God for that wisdom, we need to trust Him. When we... Some of us want a clear picture of what is going to happen next. Friends, that's probably not going to happen. However, we can see how the Word of the Lord guides us to behave in the midst of the trial. We can look and we realize that the Word can tell us to to avoid sin. To set our hearts and our minds on Christ Jesus to come back to Him, to look at His miracles and see the power that He holds, to, to read Genesis and consider the wonder of His creation, to read the Psalms as the psalmists write praise of God who made all of these things. It brings our perspective out of our own circumstances and on the glory of the One 
who created all things. And his desire is in the midst of those trials and those storms that we would seek him. But here's the problem that we run into. It's our pride. Pride is our downfall. And a proud person will never be a wise person. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be proud of your accomplishments. Good for you. I mean, I was talking about all those degrees I hold. Yay, I got three of them. Good deal. Who cares in the midst of things? They want to know their, people want to know their love, not how smart somebody is. And when we come to that place, we need to be able, be able to recognize that the reason we're here is to love God and to love our neighbor. And we're going to trip up and we're going to fall and we're going to think we deserve something, but that's our pride at work. Psalm 139, I told you I might come back to it this week. I decided not to finish it up after I started and got through it last week. But Psalm 139 has a couple of verses that we didn't touch on uh, last Sunday. We did read through them, but we did not touch on them. And I didn't mark them in my Bible, so I got to get there the hard way. 17 and 18, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. In His grace, He puts us in His presence that we might learn from Him and be guided by Him, by His Holy Spirit and His voice. Again, Tozer says, The voice of God is a friendly voice. No one needs fear to listen to it unless he has already made up his mind to resist it. The blood of Jesus has covered not only the human race, but all creation as well. Well, that's great, Pastor, but where do you get that? I'm glad you asked. Colossians chapter 1. For in him, that's Jesus, the Son, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. Christ, the author of creation, offers you himself. And his spirit gives us his word, and now teaches us to live His Word. And that, friends, is how we today hear the voice of the Lord. We look at the Word that we have in writing here, and we trust God that He wrote it. We look at His creation and believe that He made it. And we say, Lord, because of this, because of what I see, I have faith in You. We talked about Hebrews 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We see the effect of God at work. So if you want to see God at work in your life, realize that He is God and you are not. And He may work in ways that you don't expect Him to. And in that moment, enduring what it is, you may not like it. But I guarantee you, God is good And it is what we need. Surgery doesn't feel good. But for the most part, in those moments, often is exactly what we need. Does it take time to heal? Yes. Do we need to follow certain 
protocols through that? Yes. Is it going to save our lives for eternity? No. But it may make our lives better now. Here's the thing about the word of the Lord, is that it's good forever. So if you need to hear the voice of the Lord, start where you already know where it is. Get in his word. Live it out and apply it. Do things that bring him glory. Devote yourselves to the relationships that he has given you. And bring him glory through the trial, through the obstacle. We will never go through this life unscathed. But we can go through this life with the Savior who paid the price for our sins. In Colossians 1, remember, it says that His blood brings reconciliation of Himself to all things. God brings us hope, and that hope is Jesus. Do you know the Savior? He is the author of all creation, and He's the Redeemer of all creation. He offers you forgiveness in that moment of trial and struggle. Will you trust in Him? And friends, I don't mean in that, just in that moment where you receive Him as Savior, because that obviously is the most important moment because it guarantees that you will be with Him for eternity. But I'm talking about in every moment following as well. Because that's why we're here, is to bring Him glory. To, to see others come to that same knowledge of Him. God loves you. And He gives us His Word so that we can learn to love Him more. Father, thank you for how you are at work in our world. <clears throat> and even in those times when we don't understand the things we go through, when it seems like the world is caving in around us, let us return to your word and find the wisdom that is more precious than jewels, more beautiful than the rubies, and to find you in the midst of the storm. Lord, thank you for, for loving us, for teaching us to love you. Give us the courage to continue in that. In Jesus' name.